The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How are you now? Folks, tonight is a very special episode of the Bottom Six Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. Very special not because of the result of the game, of course, the Habs losing uh, 6-3 to three to the Philadelphia Flyers. But it is a very special episode because this is the 100th episode of the Bottom Six Minutes. And uh, not my bottom six minutes, but the bottom six minutes. Of course, I had some help last week when I was on vacation from uh, Patrick Bexel and, of course, Jared Book, making sure that we could keep this thing going. And yes, we are at 100 episodes. I mean, the ups and downs that have occurred during the running of this podcast are unbelievable. We went from making the Stanley Cup Finals to potentially being the last place team in the entire NHL. Uh, But enough about the podcast and how many episodes we've ran and how much help I've had along the way. Let's talk about that game. Um, (laughs) It was pretty rough. Uh, Decent start to the game. It, It seemed pretty even in the early goings, but we get about six minutes into the game, I think, And uh, Carey Price behind the net, he gets kind of pickpocketed a little bit. He's trying to play the puck. But it gets over to to Kale Clegg, and he just can't clear the puck whatsoever, can't do anything with it. He gets pickpocketed as well. James Van Riemsdyk gets about two or three cracks at it beside the net, puts it in, makes it one or nothing for the Flyers. Um, And then after that, the Habs just start missing some ridiculously good chances. Uh, Jeff Petrie missed two grade A chances, one on a two-on-one where it kind of hopped over his stick. The other one, he's coming in on the right-hand side and just misses the net by a country mile. And then not too long after Jeff Petrie misses uh, those chances, the Habs also get like three straight two-on-ones and can't cash in on any of them. And then shortly after that, Ivan Provorov laser shot, beats Carey Price, makes it two to nothing. And then Brendan Gallagher, however... We get a mad scramble in front of the Flyers net. And folks, when I tell you that this pisses me off, the Montreal Canadiens scored a goal and this still pissed me off. Okay? Mad scramble in front of the Flyers net. Brendan Gallagher hand passes the puck from beside the net out front to Mike Hoffman and Mike Hoffman puts it in the net. Okay? The Flyers bench, of course, saw the replay like everybody else did. And they asked whether they could challenge for it. And the referees told them no. You cannot challenge for that hand pass, which is incorrect. Incorrect. You don't even know the rules of the game that you're officiating. 
They told the Flyers bench, no, you can't challenge, and they didn't. And of course, they could have challenged that. And if they had challenged it, they would have very easily seen that Brendan Gallagher hand-passed it out to Mike Hoffman, and that goal wouldn't have counted. Realistically, the, the refs should have caught it on the ice in the first place, but that's what the challenge rule is there for, is that teams are able to challenge and say, hey, we think you missed something. We want you to take a second look at it. They take a second look, and they reverse the call. So... As much as I felt like this was poetic justice, because Brendan Gallagher has had goals that he's been involved in before that have been disallowed, that should have been allowed, and of course he gets this one, so, you know, poetic justice, right? But at the same time, what have I been harping on so much throughout our 100 episodes? I think probably in more than half of those episodes, I've had words about the officials. And this, to me, the fact that they didn't know that you could challenge that is indefensible. Every single member of that officiating crew, at least the two guys wearing the bands, should be fired because you literally went into a game not knowing the rules, not knowing what the team could or could not challenge. And that's your job. It's literally what you get paid to do. And you get paid, I mean, they, they get paid six figures. They make good money. <laughs> like, come on. But I digress. Uh, back to the game. The, the goal counts, and now the Habs have a 2-1 to one score, right? And then Mike Hoffman, same guy who scored a goal that should have been disallowed, uh, almost scores one that, that would have definitely been allowed, but gets a double doink, one off the crossbar and off the outside post uh, and out at the end of the period on the power play. So the Habs, you know, clearly the hockey gods want them to tank uh, as much as, you know, Jeff Petrie missing the net by a country mile earlier in the game. It's not just him. It's also the hockey gods. Then we get into the second period, and Habs have pressure early on. They want this. They want to get back into this. They want to get back those goals that they should have had in the first period, and they get one. Jeff Petrie gets a point shot tipped in by Jake Evans, makes it 2-2. Two to two. Great work in front of the net on that play by Rafael Harvey Pignard. Uh, can't say enough about that kid in front of the net. He looks great out there. I love him. But not long after that, Oscar Lindblom, uh, from a weird angle, looked like it got deflected a little bit, uh, but he beats Price, makes it 3-2. to two. I felt like maybe Price should have had that one, but I thought it was deflected by the defenseman, so uh, I'm, I'm not going to you know, really fault him for that one, but I will fault him on the next one uh, later on. Travis Konechny, uh, off a bad change by the Montreal Canadiens, gets some space on the left, comes in and just beats Price clean. On the glove side, I really think Price should have had that one. Makes it 4-2 to two for the Flyers heading into the third period. And in the third period, it just kind of gets away from them. Pretty early on, there was one of the most embarrassing dives I've seen in my life uh, by Morgan Frost. Rem Pitlick gets a tripping penalty, but I will put the highlight in the article on Eyes on the Prize so that everybody can see it. <laughs> Frost comes off his feet before the stick touches his shin pads. He's in the air by the time he gets touched. And, of course, they, they call Rem Pitlick for the trip. Luckily, the Habs don't get scored on that power play. But that same diving piece of shit, Morgan Frost, gets a goal later on. Nice pass from uh, Noah Cates out in front to the divey diverson, Morgan Frost. He puts it in and makes it 5-2. to two. Right after that, Ryan Paling hits a post. I can't tell you. I, I honestly lost count. How many posts or how many golden chances where the Habs missed the net. Uh, but Ryan Paling hit a post and a uh, really beautiful shot. Should have been a goal. But 
almost only counts in hand uh, horseshoes and hand grenades, right? And about right after that, uh, James Van Riemsdyk again gets loose on an entry, steals from Ren Pitlick. He buries it on Carey Price and makes it 6-2. to two. Another one where I felt like Price probably should have had that. But uh, it's 6-2, to two and the Habs are getting uh, ran out of their own building by the Philadelphia Flyers. But they get one back, only one. Cole Caulfield rips one low from the outside hash marks, proving that he can score from just about anywhere. Makes it 6-3, to three. but that's all the Habs have. That's all they can muster. 6-3, to three, the final score. They lose. They are the least in the East because the Flyers were the only team in the East that really stood a chance of uh, maybe overtaking them if the Habs uh, won out the rest of the season or whatever. I don't know what the mathematics were on that, but uh, the Habs... If they went on a bit of a streak and the Flyers went on a bit of an opposing streak uh, in terms of losing, then maybe the Flyers would have been the worst in the East. But now Montreal is pretty much guaranteed to be the worst in the East. And that is, uh, you know, sadly going to be my silver lining of the night. John Liu tweeted out uh, earlier on, about 20 minutes ago actually, that the Habs losing to Philadelphia ensures that they can climb no higher than 30th, so third last in league standings. If Seattle gains one more point, then the Habs' best possible finish is going to be 31st, or second last, to Arizona, of course. Again, I I said this last episode, it's going to be hard to beat Arizona. Uh, Arizona plays, I think, nothing but playoff teams for the rest of their year, so I really don't see them playing spoiler and and winning a bunch of those games probably the Habs are going to finish second last or maybe third last so your silver lining here is that the odds of them getting the first overall pick are only not only but likely only going to get better right all we need is Seattle to gain one more point and it would guarantee that, you know, at least we're second last, we have the second best odds. And since I am of the opinion, I and many others, man, when I say many, you know, there's probably a select few, but enough people believe that the NHL draft lottery is rigged. I think that they'll they'll, they'll make sure that we get it because we're close enough to, to last place that it would make sense if we, if we won because we got good enough odds. So the NHL is going to give it to us and then we're going to get Shane Wright and we're going to see what happens. So <laughs> that's your silver lining. As as much as you may not consider it to be a silver lining, uh, it it's mine. In part, uh, in large part, due to the fact that I can't really pick one from that game. I guess I could have gone with Cole Caulfield again. Um, but, I mean, that, that one goal that he scored was just, you know, from the outside hash mark. It's, it's a ridiculous goal to score, of course. Could have gone with, uh, honestly, Jeff Petrie. He had a pretty good game. Uh, I think I should give him a shout-out real quick. He was flying out there, skating real well. He missed the net on a couple of really good chances, which bothered me. But at the same time, I made a joke on Twitter um, that maybe he's, you know, a lot of people have been saying this throughout the course of the year. He's the tank commander. Maybe he missed the net on purpose. Maybe he's like, you know, fuck this. I don't really want to score right now. I would prefer to lose this game and make sure that we get a better player. But at the same time, we also know that he's requested a trade. So why would he be purposely missing the net? If he wants that trade, he probably wants to hit the net, score more goals. 
up his value and get more interest around the league so he can kind of pick where he wants to go. I don't know. At this point, I'm really ranting and spitballing. I don't know what's going through his head, um, but he missed a lot of really good chances in that game. But it has to be said, he created a lot of those chances as well with his legs. So really good game from him. Not such a great game from Carey Price. Again, I think two, maybe three of the goals uh, should have been stopped. Uh, I'm going to say two. I'm, I'm not going to fault him for the Lindblom goal. I think, I, I really, I got to go back and look at it, but I think that one was tipped. I think it was deflected by his own defenseman. I can't remember who it was. So I'm not, I'm going to say two. But even at that, you know, he did make a couple of really good saves, but I, I just felt like this was definitely not his best game. However, I don't think that it's panic time yet. I think he's got plenty of hockey left in the tank, and I think if you look at his body of work since he came back from that injury, he's only played three games. And this is the first game where he's gotten any kind of run support. So whether he's staying in Montreal or whether he's going somewhere else, they're going to look at the overall body of work and they're going to say, okay. I mean, he he played X amount of games. He got very little support from his teammates. And when he did get support, you know, in that one game against Philadelphia, he, he had his worst game. So I'm, I'm not worried about it. I think he's fine. I think he, he looked like he was moving fine. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready to panic yet. So everybody on Twitter that, that seems to be getting into that panic mode, I would say not yet. Not quite. Anyways, I'm going to cut it off there. We are running what? Uh, over 13 minutes. So it's a great soirée pour les employés de soutien. We are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I'd appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. And, of course, I love you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.